0: doll, Hint Story.
1: I'm your guy, JJ Perkins. And
0: today we're talking spooky September movies. Because there's two. There's two of them. <laughs> Am I supposed to say them now?
1: I mean, that generally that's what so people say. So the movies
0: we're discussing <laughs> are last week we saw It, and about an hour ago we walked out of the theater um, showing Mother. And we have lots of things we haven't really talked to each other about it yet, so this is all fresh. And um, before we get to that, do you have a couple of little things you want to discuss?
1: I mean, I can I can talk about Twin Peaks again, cause oh, Twin yeah. Peaks uh, the return ended, and um, Jesus fucking Christ, I didn't I didn't think that Lynch was gonna be able to top the. Uh, like pure darkness of the original series finale i kind of assumed that was a foregone conclusion and lynch and frost somehow found a way to even get deeper into the trauma of that and find a way to end twin peaks once again at the bottom and uh man it's it, i i said this on the last pod but it, it really is a it's lynch's it's the best thing he's ever done like twin peaks the return is a career work from a master and i just i it's so particularly moving in ways both uh happy and sad there's a such specificity of the way that the specifics of human interaction lead to moments of incredible, like, jubilation and also incredible, uh, pain that Lynch minds for all of the, uh, emotions therein. I don't know, I'm rambling, but, um, Twin Peaks is great. Go watch it if you haven't.
0: I need to. Can you believe I haven't? Yes. Why?
1: Cause you, every time I watch it, you're like, "Oh, can't watch this. It's so Not intense. ready for this."
0: Well, and I don't want to watch it mid. I have no idea what's going on. The few times I've watched it. But
1: even when I was like rewatching the original series, you were you were like, "Nope, nope,
0: not into it right now." I think I'd like it if I got it if I started it. And you would. <sighs> it's just so many things I gotta do. I mean, I gotta catch up on Real Housewives and. I'm, like, two weeks behind on Shaw's. I don't have time for Twin Peaks right now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Did I just offend you so hard? No, no. Oh, yeah, Um. What about you? I don't have anything... I mean, I'm caught up on Project Runway. Well, I have the last five minutes of this past episode, so I don't know who I am. It's killing me right now. I want to go watch it right now. Um... I like the new Killer Song. I like New Manchester Orchestra. I like New Future Islands. I'm dying. Um, Any new music that you...
1: No, I've mostly been listening to... I mean, the new Queens of the Stone Age record is great, but I've mostly been listening to... um, a lot of, like, uh, Husker Du lately. Because the drummer died the other day
0: sad i'm sorry Well it's fine you look really upset
1: i'm just hot
0: oh because the fans (laughs) off the fans off um you got a really good vital me please record in this month
1: yeah notorious big
0: and it's beautiful
1: it's gorgeous
0: i can't think of anything
1: Okay, well, let's just get right Are into Are we just movies diving there. into it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we have two movies to talk about. We have about. two
0: movies, yeah. Let's not, let's not, I don't
1: know. Since you sprung it on me at the last second, right uh, before recording. We're going to talk
0: about it. And you're like, okay, why don't you want to talk about it? No, it's
1: not that I don't want to. It's just, I, like, last thing on my mind. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, and we're going to talk about it. Ready, set, go. I just
0: think spooky September is a fun theme.
1: We we shouldn't have these discussions before. No,
0: no, we're just gonna do it on the podcast and discuss it here. It's live with our three people who listen. They need to know and they need to be part of it okay. they listen. Um, so we saw it. And disclaimer: I had never seen the first one and still have not. Did you know that?
1: Yeah,
0: I haven't it's seen it because you told me. Oh, I told you. I'm asking them. Did you know that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really, really, really liked it. I thought it was a little long, but that, the pace was good, though. It's um, adapted
1: from a 1,200-page book.
0: I know, but it still seemed like a long movie. But but it, it was paced well, and it really wasn't, that's not, like, a huge ordeal. I just thought I'd mention it. Um, you want to describe? Yeah, it's good.
1: It's a good, solid movie. It's a real... Real double up the middle of a movie.
0: it made me feel like a kid again. And like everything was spooky and everything was heartbreaking and um, you just went through all the preteen emotions again and that I forgot what that was like. That and it's it's good that a movie can take you there again. I think. Yeah. That was I thought that was special. What's his name is so hot in real life and so Creepy as Bill Skarsgård. Yes, because Alexander's the older one, right? Or yes. The other one. There's. There's three 14 of, them. of them. There's like a million of them, but three of them act.
1: And they all star in horror franchises. Yeah,
0: and he was great. He's fantastic. He was also in Atomic Blonde.
1: I thought that was Peter.
0: I thought that was Bill, and I have to look it up. How do you spell their last name? <laughs> <laughs> Just. Just start. Just throw up a bunch of marbles. Gosh, <laughs> gosh.
1: Anyways, uh, it's yeah, it's good. It's a it's a solid movie. It for those of you who don't know somehow made it through your life, I, which I guess you're a child. Which you know, children can listen to podcast, but bunch of kids in well, now it's the '80s. It got, it was the '50s in the book, and they moved it up to the '80s. Bunch of kids like having the summer off. From school, and uh, there's a clown monster stalking and trying. It was Bill. It was Bill? Okay. Yeah.
0: He was very hot in Atomic Blonde. Continue. Yeah, we
1: talked about that on our Atomic Blonde episode. So hot. Uh, clown, demon, haunting little children. Not little children, teenagers, preteens.
0: Every 27 years.
1: Yeah. Well, as they find out, turns out their town of Dreary, Maine is. Or Deary Dairy. Maine is uh haunted by this spirit that every twenty seven years manifests in some way and starts killing people. And now is the time and these kids decide to fight back against the spirit. The Losers Club, as they call themselves. Yeah. And all the kids love, are good.
0: You love all the kids, yeah. They're, you fall in love with each character. They're
1: all gonna be stars one day. Mm-hmm. One of them's from Stranger Things,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: a weird bit of like self reflexive yeah, meta casting.
0: Good for but, him. But uh, God, he's got so much money now. Well, His he doesn't. Parents, His
1: trust does. This is true.
0: He will have so much money someday.
1: Uh, yeah. It's a it, the the it's. Faded a little bit in my mind since seeing it i I came out of the, th- the theater on a on a pretty good high, but i just it
0: made so much money
1: s- just uh cracked sixty d- domestic second. uh this weekend and then um i think it's cracked two hundred million globally yeah it's the highest grossing movie ever in september Spooky in, in the movie
0: s- September.
1: Because it was marketed well, it that was. first trailer was like, "Oh shit, this looks great." Yeah, and now there's gonna be a second one.
0: It was great. Good coloring, everything was beautiful. Good coloring. Good, like the accents of red were really. Yeah. I mean, they they just did a great job with it. That's that stuff can be really cheesy, and it was in the best way. Like, yeah, I I.
1: It's one of those things where, like, as a as a movie, it's it's. It's good fun, all the scares are great. It's directed by the guy who directed mama oh, yeah. uh and um it has a weird structure to it in that it kind of just gives up on moving the narrative forward for large chunks of the movie just to be like and here's a scare and here's a scare, and here's a scare which is it which is um effective and it works right uh but the thing can feel a little shapeless at times
0: um
1: much like the creature itself yeah uh and it was shot by uh Park Chan-wook's frequent collaborator uh so the thing looks gorgeous yeah, and beautiful. creepy but it it kind of hand-waves... not kind of does, it does like explicitly does Hand waves away a lot of the seedier stuff from Kane's novel in a way that's frustrating because it's not like ignoring the so here's an example there's the bit in the movie where they talk about the the, the black bar that gets burned down right. as like one of the things that ha- you know happens that's happened in the past like bad things that's happened in the town And one of the running themes of King's book is that the, like, specifics of the terror and horror of the white power structure of, like, American class and American racism and how that is perpetually the white male power structure of this town has perpetually uh, brought terror to others, and so when they talk about that bar specifically in the movie, it's literally lowered on the um, soundtrack to be like the kids are talking about it in the distance, so they can play up a character beat between two of the characters, like a like a, a romance beat, and so like it acknowledges that stuff is there, but doesn't really dig into it at all so it's like a weird piece of vestigial subtext from the adaptation that doesn't come through in the movie at all which is like you know but i feel
0: like they have some moments about that like just with the character the black character
1: except he's the worst character in the movie
0: he is the worst character because he's not
1: a character he's in like he's in like two scenes in the first hour
0: and you love him i mean he's a
1: good actor but like the way that script is written and executed mike is barely like he might as, he might as well be uh, a balloon or something that just like comes along for the ride he's so to a the balloon point, <laughs> to the point where so the the second movie they're going to make is going to be the the, the second part of the book or the miniseries or whatever, whatever your point of reference is, where the kids are adults and come back to town to deal with the demon again.
0: Right.
1: And I don't know how that works if uh, one of your characters that's supposed to be reliving this trauma isn't a character in your first movie. I mean, it did... Yeah. It's And it's not like... The movie did a bad do- job of juggling all these characters. It just did a bad job... Excuse me. It did a bad job specifically with Mike. And, like, that all has been one of the things that's kind of soured me on the movie. And, and like, I, I was aware of it when I was watching it. But, like, as I've gotten some distance on I'm like, man, that was a real... That was real, like, real misstep. Something that could have easily been avoided. And there just seems to be no care or interest into In, exploring... Yeah. And it, you know that's it, it. It speaks to the movie's kind of issues with race and the fact that it doesn't seem to want to deal with these like heavy themes of race that are in King's novel head on.
0: And everybody loved it,
1: right? Because it's good scares. Yeah. But in terms of King adaptations, it's like mid tier. It's right. good. It's a good fun movie. It's a fun ride.
0: Is it Dark but, Tower but, one? No, King didn't write Dark yeah, Tower. Yeah, Stephen did.
1: King wrote oh, Dark Tower, yeah. Aren't
0: those terrible? The movie?
1: Well, you said those, so I thought you meant the book. The vote. movie? Yeah, the movie was bad. Yeah. But that's...
0: A whole different, A whole different
1: yeah. thing. But it's... it's. Am I boring you? You're playing no. The tape. No,
0: no, I just saw it. <clears throat> no, I get, I get what you're saying. I just hadn't thought about... I guess I didn't think about that part, but I haven't read the book.
1: Right, but it it's right if you didn't read the book, you would. not But it, it also,
0: I could see that.
1: But the the movie like yeah, explicitly yeah. calls it out, like, oh, this was a black jazz club that got burned down. Yeah. And then there's the the, the, the bit where the bully talks about uh, Mike's parents' house burning down and how the white people in the town did it, right. like lit their house on fire. I mean that stuff is there. Yeah. And so for it to not. It's one of those things where if you go in, if you're looking at it as just like a scare vehicle, it works. But the moment you start digging into the deeper layers of the, of the film, yeah. it starts to fall apart in, a way, in ways that are hard to defend. I mean, it's, it's not a perfect movie. Yeah. Few are. But that's like a, it's a pretty big failing right on the part of the movie.
0: Wow. I hadn't opinion. we hadn't talked about that yet. So that's Well, again, yeah. and
1: it's something that's I like keep yeah. coming back to. Cuz the the scares are effective. The bit in the library is mm-hmm. good. The first real running the kids through the rainer in the dilapidated house yeah. is great. But everything after that kind of is a lot. Yeah, it's it's moving through then a whole another hour of movie
0: yeah. in
1: like 20 minutes. And it's just one. It's one of the problems of adapting a book of that size and adapting it in the way they did. Right. And just because it, you know, you just because it is a problem, doesn't mean that, you know, you're you're aware that it's a problem it doesn't mean it's something you can like forgive, or like ignore. Right. But it's it's effective. Andy Mus- Muschietti or however it's, his name is pronounced and his his wife his producing partner who produced the movie. They're solid team, like yeah. you know, solid scares. But I, I, I'm interested to see how they handle the progression right. through the the adult, the adult centered second movie. Cause if it's, God, how
0: old are those adults gonna be?
1: They're in like their th- they'll be in like their, like late thirties, early forties, I think. Yeah. It's 27 years later.
0: I know, and they're, like, 13 right now. Well, and it's... Because
1: it's, it's cause to so specifically for... Because that part of the story so specifically deals with how the trauma of childhood follows follows you, and yeah. you can't, like, get rid of it. And for the movie to be traumatic, like, on a cathartic, on a visceral level, right? but to struggle with the kind of emotional trauma and and you see that in the way it plays out beth's or bev's abuse storyline it makes it pretty explicit in a way it isn't in either the miniseries or the novel which isn't a bad thing necessarily but it shows a um lack of wanting to depict that in a kind of long nuanced subtle way it's only have it only has i think like three scenes with bev's father and so because of the economy of scale, it has to get that information out quickly. And, you know, it's, it's hard to do an abuse storyline quickly.
0: It, it, yeah. it's, it's
1: hard to do a storyline about, like, systematic racism quickly.
0: quickly. Yeah. There were so many things happening at once. You're right. Maybe that's why it felt long, too, to me. Well, Because I, it was a lot of material and it jumped often to different... The different stories of the different children or the different I, they were I, going well, through.
1: I, th- I think the, the the biggest reason it feels long or can feel long even though it's just a little over two hours is that it climaxes twice. Right. Especially if you're not that familiar with the um, story itself. Like if, if this is the first version of the story you're encountering uh, the, the big centerpiece haunted house scene in the Middle-ish of the movie feels like the end of the movie it does. and then you know, there's twenty minutes movie afterwards, that, right in which everyone is pulled apart for like two seconds and then quickly brought back together to then go do the exact same thing they did before yeah, it
0: felt like scooby-Doo and took that part to me,
1: well, I mean, yes, yeah, but it's so it it's because it's like, oh, and you know, we we don't want to be a three hour movie, so let's. Yet, where if that's if if they wanted they being the producers wanted that section to be as strong as the first part of the movie and would need that same amount of space to breathe.
0: Right. Interesting. What? How many Monty Paws do you give it?
1: What's our scale? Four. Isn't or it five? One of, yeah, f- I think. Four. It's f- he four. only has four Paws. Yeah, he
0: only has four Paws. <laughs> uh,
1: two and a half Paws. Yeah. Two and
0: a half same. Paws
1: out of five. Or four. <laughs> two, two and a half paws out of four. I think so, too. But you're higher up on it than me. And you would still give it the same rating. It's, I don't know.
0: What do you mean higher up?
1: Like you like the movie better than me.
0: I think I liked it um, in a similar way more than you did right afterwards. But I get so into those, like, nostalgic um, kid I don't know, something about feeling like you're 12 again always, like, gets me all excited. Like, I'm, I just love it. It's just so much fun. I, it, and I love it when a movie can do it effectively, and that just felt like this movie did a good job at it. Even though I didn't grow up in the 80s, I was like, wow, I remember when I used to, like, scrape my knee, ride my bike, you know. jump
1: into the local lake and just your underwear.
0: God, that gave me anxiety. <laughs> Get out of there, children. <laughs> And their parents never knew what they were doing. Well,
1: because they're literal latchkey kids.
0: That's right. So, yeah, I'd probably... Two and a half. I probably 25 i do not think I'd give it three.
1: i mean, That's fine, I just...
0: Mostly because the whole... I don't know... I don't know if it... Sorry. we fine. I haven't seen the first one. I haven't read the book. But I've heard about it so much my whole life that I kind of just... I'm already... Bored with it. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, it's it's
1: I just, it's like the most pervasive thing that Kane has ever created yes. culturally, and it and ju- justifiably so. It's like this. It's a it's a true icon of terror.
0: It hit a nerve for a lot of people. Well,
1: because it's 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 the Freddy Krueger thing right. of all your worst fears made manifest, and so. Plus, Kane's like that was king at the top of his powers writing wise yep and he was dealing with some dark shit and it's that usually yields good stuff
0: tortured souls man that's why musicians should never get married
1: i don't know i don't know if i agree with that no
0: all their stuff becomes garbage no i'm just kidding not all of it but a lot of it does okay so do we take a break before mother yeah let's take a break Let's, we're going to take a quick break, check on Monty, and then we'll come back and talk about Mother Exclamation Point, um, and j Mother! And Javier Bardim, did I say that right? Bardim. Bardim.
1: Javier Bardim.
0: And Ed Harris's bald head! Yes. Okay, we'll be back. He has pictures of you in his luggage. What were you doing in their luggage? What do they want? God help you. to new people new ideas I'm so sorry get out of my house yeah! you give and you give and you give it's just never enough no! hey everybody we are back and we have Oktoberfest fears cause I feel like we're going to be here for a Spooky while. Spooky
1: spring or September or whatever.
0: Spooky September <laughs> celebrating with Oktoberfest.
1: <laughs> Spooky September spring.
0: Spooky <laughs> September spring. Um, I feel like we're going to be here for a while. So I'm just cozying up because I know you have a lot to say. Coosying up. I'm cozying up. My cozy. Would you like to know what it says, everybody? Yes, yes, we do. That was y'all. I'd stop drinking, but I'm no quitter. I don't know who gave me this Heidi, garbage. Probably. It's Heidi probably. It's pink and orange and nothing about me in this koozie makes sense, but it's working, so that's it's doing its job. Um, I feel like you have a lot to say.
1: About mother. The about movie mother and talk about
0: point, and I feel like I have a lot to listen to. Because You don't have a lot to say? I have no idea what I just saw. I mean I have a lot of ideas about what I just saw, but I don't know if any of them are correct. But I'd like to start with. Are you ready? Yeah. I really really liked it. I understand why people are being dramatic, but whatever. But it's going to be hard to watch House Hunters renovation now. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie I was like no, she just worked on that gold paint. It it upset me. I could I mean I know that's the point. But I really was just like, this is the worst. It's like, wor- it's like worst episode of what, House Hunters of Renovation.
1: What if Roman Polanski made an Nancy Myers movie?
0: It was like <laughs> goodness, but, and she made me anxious. She, why did why was that sink not supported?
1: Braced because they were working
0: on the house. Because they were apparently forever and always and forever. <laughs> dun dun dun. Okay, you go. So
1: some background.
0: Background. You
1: said that people are freaking out. So this movie premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival, TIFF for short. I will say
0: TIFF. I know that one.
1: And uh, every person who saw the movie was like, it was immediately like, oh, people are gonna be mad at this. Which just made like, us want to see it. There immediately. was just like groundswell of just like, this is gonna make people angry. Yep. This is gonna make people confused. Yep. And then. After the movie premiere, and then on top of that, Warner Brothers—or sorry, not Warner Brothers—Paramount said they were going to release it on 2,500 screens, which is huge for a movie like this. I mean, it got a legitimate wide release, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is gonna—this yep. is not gonna sit well with a lot of people." And then Friday, the Cinema Score came out, which Cinema Score is a company that rates. They're kind of pointless, but they, like, rate... uh, They give a letter grade to each movie based on questionnaires that audience members fill out on whether or not they like the movie based on its advertising. And Mother joined the hallowed halls of one of, like, less than ten movies... Cheers to them! ...to receive an F cinema score. So movies like Steven Soderbergh's Solaris and William Friedkin's Bug... Like a weird bunch of movies that just pissed people off. Yep. And so, here we are, Sunday night in Waxahachie, Texas, going to see a 5 o'clock showing of Mother. On
0: a Sunday!
1: You and I make up literally one-third of the viewing audience. We did. And we strap in for the most audacious thing Darren and I are darren aronofsky has made and this is the guy who made the fountain (laughs) the hugh jackman lives forever movie and i mean fucking the balls on this guy
0: yeah
1: when was the moment so ostensibly the movie's about a couple who live in a house and then people start showing up first it's ed harris then it's michelle pfeiffer then others the, the people who own the house are Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. Yeah, he's they a, are. He's a poet. She's a homemaker. And... Uninvited guests lead to just... The worst... Uh, the worst period of... The worst things that could happen, happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we're gonna get real spoilery with this. Yeah. So, um. as much as I can, like... Go see this movie. Because you should. It's, it's great. But also... We're gonna spoil the shit out of it. Not that it's something that can, like, be spoiled specifically, but it's something worth experiencing for the first time. Because it's... It's allegory the movie. Yeah. It's all the stories. But specifically, the Bible. <laughs> it, it, it's Darren Aronofsky taking his, like, lifelong light or career-long obsession with religion... In Christianity and the the myths of Christianity and then the the specifics of, like, obsession and self-destruction and ridding that large as possible with $30 million and a house and a field and fucking 400 extras. I
0: have a quote, because the first thing I thought when I left, I was like, I gotta know what Fox News thinks about this. I need to know right now. Um, So they quote Kyle Smith. From the National Review. He's a film critic. And he says. Um,
1: Isn't he the one who's like, it's the most vile thing in studio? The vilest
0: movie ever released by a major Hollywood studio. Which,
1: if that's not the poll quote on all the posters, right. I, you know, you're not doing your jobs right. And they if say, that doesn't make you want to go see the movie, well, yeah. what? Yeah. There's nothing we can do.
0: And it will represent a stain on the reputation of Paramount Pictures. And he warned that pregnant women, those with nervous conditions or heart conditions, and anyone who happens to be burdened with good taste. Burdened with good taste. If you are burdened with good taste, don't see it. The rest of us, we're going to see it. And the thing is, that makes it sound like this fucking, like, trashy
1: Euro picture. It's not. It It is a capital A art film art. that got released in like strip mall movie theaters
0: whoop whoop whoops it's like they spilled it out onto the rest of the world whoa, whoa whoa they juggled it and it dropped and it fell in the laps of three people in Waxahachie, Texas and we happened to be two of them
1: Whew. when was the moment for you where you were like okay he's actually doing this like when was the moment for you where it clicked where oh this isn't just a haunted house movie it's like oh this is the bible
0: um, never. I mean...
1: That never That never clicked, like, not even towards the end. At
0: the very end, I was like, oh, the Bible. Like, I'm the perfect audience for this, because I never know what's going on, and I'm very much with Jennifer Lawrence and her confused face. Her confused face distracted me so hard, this movie, but that was the point, because she had no idea what the heck was going on, so of course... I didn't either. I'm like, wait, 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 and Kristen Wiig's terrifying.
1: Kristen Wiig comes up ka, for like, ka.
0: and then that's it. She leaves. She pops the cap and then leaves. It was amazing. Uh, what? Where did that come from? I have so many questions. What was the, what? What happened? <laughs> Literally, what happened?
1: Oh, are you? That's I not mean, a rhetorical question. No, no,
0: no. L- what happened? Because I have an idea in my brain of what happened, but I need you to tell me in your words and me be like, okay, cool. Well, that's the
1: thing. Aronofsky is clearly playing, because he, he both wrote and directed the movie, he's clearly playing with the, the, the myths and writings of the Bible. Of the Bible, like, yeah. The moment that clicked for me where I'm like, oh, this motherfucker is doing the Bible was when Donald Gleason killed his brother. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, it's Cain and Abel, and oh. then the like brain, my my whole brain smiled because I'm like, this is just gonna be, okay. this is the whole movie. He's gonna do the entire Bible as like a uh, Bergman-esque uh, house thriller, like claustrophobic house thriller, which it's the most like wear your heart on your sleeve and like get it this is (laughs) this is god ruling over this house and inviting all of humanity in get it huh do you get it and but it's so expertly and audaciously crafted that it and like subtlety be damned it begs you to get up out of your seat and engage with it and find what meaning you find in those myths. It forces you... Aronofsky clearly has pet themes and ideas and, and takes, I would say. Not definitive takes, but he has... He knows what he gets from these stories, and he has a slant he's putting on them. But it's a movie that begs you to kind of look at the whole of creation myth and religion and ask what you find in that. Because... You can you can read it at straight up as just as this is a chamber play version of the Bible. And but she's also
0: she's Mother Nature.
1: Yes. Well she yeah, that's the thing. She's she's the universe, she's Earth.
0: And he's God.
1: But also it's uh what it's like to be married to an artist. Yeah. It's like the, the yeah. marriage of which like his You're so lonely. You wonder what his and Rachel Weiss's marriages w- was like before it ended.
0: Right. And um, Law Or it could be
1: climate change Or it could be yeah. Aaron Ar- Oskin, Jennifer Lawrence started dating
0: After making this movie But apparently they're on the out and out already Like they're not doing hot She's already been making out with Nicholas Holt again Very odd We'll see how this goes I think it's just for the movie I don't know if it's genuine doesn't I, matter. I don't, doesn't I don't matter. care. I not matter. Care. Oh, I care about all that stuff, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it does, it's not a reflection of the movie, but her hair was crazy. Yes. It was all earthy and long, and then when shit got real, she put it up in a high bun like a, any badass chick would. All of you <laughs> badass chicks know as soon as stuff gets real, you get that tight bun up and going. You can clean the blood off the floor from Cain and Abel
1: gleason on gleason violence
0: it was crazy and so it's a movie that uh is great and so i know who i'm looking i'm cheating is that okay
1: i mean i'm looking
0: at ed harrison michelle five yeah they're right well that's
1: the whole thing he's he adam shows up first he's ed harris is the first person to show up earth is confused and then and Her the, usual. and then when Michelle Pfeiffer shows up the next day she's like, "Oh, you didn't tell me he had a, he had a wife." That's like the create and then the sons come in when that first group of party guests leaves, mm-hmm. it's a flood.
0: Mhm.
1: It's a literal flood that washes away this dregs of yeah. humanity. Wow. When they get mad, when Javier Bardem gets mad at Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. it's when they pick from the tree of knowledge yeah, they, they go do. in the one place in the house they're not supposed to go to without god and break the thing
0: Ow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm it's amazing. It's so good. So you see it's it's
1: Aronofsky is like a director in the in the same way that uh someone like Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino as a director and that um, you're constantly aware of like oh there's a human being behind the camera but what Aronofsky does here is kind of collapse all the grander directorial tics he, he has throughout a movie into kind of one image which is this super tight and claustrophobic close up of Jennifer Lawrence's face.
0: Okay.
1: From, like, moment one. Because the first shot in the movie is this shot of a woman on fire. Right. And then a house being reverse burned, yeah. put back together from the ashes. And then you see Je- the first sequence of the movie is Jennifer Lawrence walking through the empty house. And when it's not a shot of from the back of her seeing her walking, it's the super tight close-up where you can't see her chin... Or the or mm-hmm. her hairline, you just see her eyes and her nose and like her mouth touches the bottom of the frame, right. and it's so you're so trapped within her view, right. and it cues you into that. And then when it shoots other things, it shoots people at a distance. Yeah. So even something like a medium, a medium close shot or a medium profile shot, which is like kind of standard convention, feels long and distancing and you, it puts you at a remove and it puts you like uneasy yeah. there's almost not a shot in this movie that either doesn't have jennifer lawrence's head in it right or isn't a direct pov shot for, from for, her perspective yeah
0: and yeah.
1: it, it's it's a movie that traps you in the in the perspective of somebody who's watching uh Chaos ensue around them. I mean, she looks and, confused and all the time, and you're forced to grapple with things at the pace she is grappling with them. Yeah, at. It, the camera is like a haunted specter that is attached to her, and sometimes the camera is like actually physically attached to her. You can you can you can tell in the way that the frame moves around her, that the camera is attached to her body, which is another kind of Aronofsky thing. Right. But it's so, which is so smart if you're gonna tell this story of creation in the world, why not trap you in the most humanizing perspective of the confused person who d- who just wants it all to stop? Right. It's a movie in which humanity is a pox. Right. But a necessary one to fulfill, but only necessary in the sense that it fulfills a man's ego.
0: It was amazing.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: And the people were terrifying.
1: Right, because it, it does. it's so smart of that everyone is clearly playing a script
0: mm-hmm. that
1: jennifer lawrence hasn't read everyone has an agenda or just like a purpose that lawrence isn't aware of even to the point where her dialogue for the first part of the movie is she's only responding to things like almost like a dog would yeah. if a dog could talk like it's a lot of affirmatives and like oh, okay. questions I'll Yeah. go do this
0: he's like go get this and she's like yeah. Oh, the that blah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. You're you're watching an idea be presented and acted out, and it's great.
0: Okay, I changed my mind on my answer of when I figured it out. I actually did. I was like, oh, the body of Christ, like
1: yeah, the baby. That yeah. This is a movie in which people literally eat a baby. Yeah. And it's a and it's the literal body and blood of uh, like dude, it's it's Christ. that again, no subtlety. Yeah. And it's awesome. Because you're it's this sea of hands and a cramped, like, ranch house.
0: Yeah. Not cramped. Once the people are in there.
1: I'm talking about the, the, that scene that specifically. Scene, yes. But no,
0: even, even, like, you're right,
1: it's a spacious house. But the way it's shot, it mm-hmm. feels restricting. It feels like this is the entirety of existence. Like, Jennifer Lawrence isn't even allowed to leave the house. And the mm-hmm. few times she does venture out, like, something pulls her back in. The only well, she shot. Goes to the, porch. the only right, but the only shot you see of her outside the house is some kind of vision, yeah. And you don't even know if it's of her, right?
0: Yeah, I did notice she doesn't get to leave the house. She is the house. She's part of the house. She would put her hand on the wall, and she could. She felt what the house felt. Um, the bleeding on the floor with the floor board. board what was? What is that?
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Cool. But that you know, it's one of those things where everything has a direct answer because he he, he's so clearly pulling from one set of references. But there's uh, there's space to kind of just enjoy the creepiness of it. Like you've seen a a bleeding floor. There's something Lynchian about that image. That's very. Uh, disturbing and and, and and like it gets your gut excited because you're like, oh, this is the realm we're living in. Not anything can happen, but like a very specific set of horrible human behaviors is about to be displayed. And the sheer choreography of the last section
0: Holy crap. of you
1: of this literal army of extras and featured players Diving into the house and breaking everything up and tearing it apart—the amount of commitment to showing that kind of chaos fluidly—it was amazing. But in a cramped space and in a claustrophobic way, not needing but uh, but finding clarity in that yeah. as well. The the blocking of the scene that you referenced earlier with the sink, the sink mm-hmm. not being braced, where you still have that—it's that same claustrophobic close-up of Lawrence, but. In the few edges of frame there are, you could see you, there's them. two different sets of action yeah. going on, and so in the back, so it's a frame that's totally, like, devoid of negative space, but you see three things happening in the frame at the same time. That's masterful blocking. Yeah. That's masterful control yeah. of your mise en scène. That's the kind of thing that excites me about movies, is yep. to, is to watch someone. With a a space that is, devoid of air, and find different ways to modulate that that same space. It was cool. And so you're watching Jennifer Lawrence being torn apart by these two different kinds of anxiety of people wrecking her house and like the uh, uh, chauvinistic behavior of this uh, male guest and and you're and you're seeing little specks of movement or specks of or like a breath or an air or a head turn or something yeah. it's a movie that immediately transforms gestures of like a head tilt or like a hand wave mm-hmm. into like pointed knobs of menace or like yeah. passive aggressive barbs that just immediately like tear into you and, and, and won't let go yeah. the way Michelle Pfeiffer cocks her head at one oh. point in this movie I mean made my heart flutter. Like, from, from, like, oh, from, like, fear. hmm It's, we as a society have not done right by Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-mm. We really have not. It's She's a amazing. shame. Why does she not have an HBO limited series yet? You know what I mean? She is the exact kind of actress who, like, deserves a six-episode auteur-driven, quote-unquote, show on HBO to be like, oh yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's great. Or not fuck that. Like, just give Michelle Pfeiffer a movie.
0: She, I mean, obviously knows how to use her face so well. And what a face it is. It's just, it looks like a face of a statue. It's just beautiful and sculptured and her eyebrows are intense. But I didn't notice before this movie the way she used her body. Um, Well, I mean, her...
1: Catwoman performance alone is just like but that's, masterclass in like using your body. I mean, as a, but that's
0: Catwoman. This is her as just a person. Well, Eve. But I mean, just watching her hold a glass the, of lemonade and just like
1: the way yeah the way she can within one one kind of piece of movement sachet, sachet swing her hips and then become frozen and menacing. Yeah. Like, in, a, in the blink of an eye. It's like Tom cruise levels of body control.
0: Yeah. It was great.
1: And Ed Harris does his crying thing, but yeah. it's not dumb. It's not like the hour's crying. I'm about to jump out the window crying. Right. It's And everything feels... All the performances feel accurate, but mannered in a way that is off-putting, which is brilliant. Even the way that... Or the the way that Javier by Javier Bardem smiles Ugh. but but uh controls that smile and manipulates it mm-hmm. in subtle ways to go from joy to menace to god what a face what, what? I mean the guy has got it's both smooth and leathered, yeah. and like stiff and expressive. He's a man. He's a he's a he's a, got a good face. He's good lips. A real good face. A real good. A real good. Like movie mouth.
0: Yeah, movie mouth. I mean, those eyebrows. Just his
1: dimples disappear up inside of his cheeks when he smiles. He's got
0: that shape near his like where his mustache should be, where mm-hmm. his like cheeks are. That line. It's intense. <laughs> um, and he's the. I like him as this role for many reasons. But, yeah. But I like the way she's constantly heartbroken by him. But he, like, makes it convincing on why she should still trust in him and believe in him. I mean, I know when she was trying to protect her son... That the way sad. he sits there oh. perfectly still,
1: and it's it's Nightmares. it's one of the beauties of editing that like every cut back to Jennifer Lawrence, the lighting in the room is totally different. Yeah, and and so like it's an unknown passage of time as you're just waiting for her to this unmo- yeah for her to fall asleep, so this unmoving monster can show Jesus to the masses. So, so her those baby were be- all
0: his fans. That they were really just the Christians. Well,
1: or humanity. Or it's, humanity. It's, again, for, as, for, for as obvious as the, the themes the movie is playing with is, to put a definitive reading on it, I think, is reductive. Right. Because it's so... It, in being so obvious, it provides a broadness to... Lay that image, or lay those stories, or lay those beats onto anything. Like a marriage, or or whatever.
0: Right.
1: Any kind of power dynamic, any kind of story or situation in which, like, the thrall of creation is relevant.
0: She tore her diaphragm? Screaming, yeah. What?
1: She gets the shit beat out of her. Oh. That scene, when she's getting mobbed, is... the most uncomfortable i've been in a theater this i year. couldn't
0: watch i had to look away and her eyes swollen because
1: it's it's and and it's because it's one of the times in which it's a shot of her in which the frame is or the scope of the frame is wider and so you can see her from like her from basically her like diaphragm up and all that gives, and that just gives Aronofsky room to then fill in all this new negative space that you're not used to in these kinds of shots with just a flurry of arms. And one thing we haven't talked about, but we should, is the sound design, because I was just thinking of, that house of all is the so spooky. All, all the layering of like epithets and curse words in that scene. Yeah. Um, it's a oh yeah, it's a totally barren soundscape, which means anything is is moved forward into the mix and is just... You can hear it in your spine. You can hear the creak of a floorboard or the raining of a glass or the shutting of a door, which means that when you hear voices in another room, they sound like these ethereal spooky things As and then as Jennifer Lawrence actually moves closer to the source of the sound and you realize this thing that seems... Uh, undiagetic becomes diegetic, and there's a there's kind of a unease in that, in this thing that you had an assumption about becoming tangible.
0: It was so creaky in the beginning that I kept expecting a like classic suspense movie scare.
1: There's only really like one kind of jump scare in the movie. It's not a jump scare. Jennifer Lawrence bends out of frame and there's right. a man standing
0: behind and her. And it's just like that's
1: it, yeah, it's but it's, it,
0: but you expect it, and you can feel it.
1: well, I don't know if I would say you would expect it
0: with the but, with the noise level that's right. what we've been conditioned to feel when we hear well it just it just
1: forces level. you to pay attention to like the Absolutely. elementalness of this house. there's like music in the way that she opens a pill bottle
0: it's amazing it's, what was the yellow I, see i i'm
1: I'm not sure whatever that medicine is, maybe it's. I don't know. It's it calms her down. Is it's like its function in the movie, right? But I haven't, I haven't, and you know, in the hour since seeing the movie, haven't found a way, haven't found something. I, I'm, uh, satisfied with calling that from a metaphorical standpoint.
0: Man, it's.
1: I want. I'm probably gonna see. I'm gonna see it again on like Tuesday. Yeah. After class. It's a four class even. <clears throat> it's so. It's it's like a perfectly constructed nightmare house. Yep. It's it's a. It reminds me of. Uh, Synecdoche, New York, in a lot of ways. Charlie Kaufman's first movie as director. It's in in the in the way it takes the the um, artifice of its premise and packs it full of disarray and despair and like human pain and human grotesqueness. Here it plays it more for horror, whereas with Kaufman it's more of a kind of um, bold exit or like bold, existential, just uh macabre like uh fuck, what's the word? Tableau. Here it's more like punch in the gut.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh like terror.
0: I mean I just I guess I get why people are upset by it.
1: Cause it's an upsetting movie. It's something that Demands to be engaged with, and demands you to like look and think and process, and to not do and to to be asked of that for someone who's not willing to do that. Even if you don't like the movie afterwards, is it's it's a it's a unsettling thing. It's a movie that seeks to unsettle the viewer. Yep. And movies can do that and still be bad, but very few movies do it as, like, forcefully and expertly as this one does.
0: I loved it. I really liked it.
1: I, yeah, I... How many paws? Four paws. Uh, it's a four-paw movie. Four Monty paws out of four.
0: Yeah. What about you? Yeah. It was upsetting. Um, I think it did everything it wanted to do. And yeah. some, and some. I think there are things that I'm probably reading into that necessarily weren't supposed to be read to, read into. No, every- or maybe, maybe they are. Like, what was the frog?
1: Oh, it's the plague. It's the plagues. Oh. A, a, a fly died right before that.
0: Oh. And the frogs. That's good.
1: And the uh, the blood on the wall, where the uh, the is. Well, I looked is. at you
0: and I was like. Like, I was freaking out. Is that the... What is that?
1: Like, the lamb's blood that the Egyptians had...
0: That was my... Like, that's that's my original horror story. Like, that was the first thing that ever scared me as a human being.
1: Yeah, same. That's that... Because I was the firstborn son. I'm like, oh, God, the God yeah. mist is going to get me in my sleep.
0: It... That is the scariest thing I've ever heard, and it comes from the Bible.
1: Like... I, to to see this movie play in conjunction specifically with Noah, Aronofsky's last mm-hmm. movie, I mean, the whole back third of that movie is Russell Crowe trying to kill a baby.
0: We love Noah.
1: Yeah. But the whole back third of that movie is Russell Crowe trying to kill a baby because he thinks God wants him to. It's playing in that same kind of wheelhouse, but taking that moment, spreading it over the course of the entire movie, and then making everything, a, you know, like... Abstracting it to like just one level above, but going for broke.
0: It was a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Moral of the story is don't invite people into your house. Never let people into your house.
0: Which has been my thing <laughs> from the get go. Um.
1: Uh, anything else? I mean, because I think we we've been recording for about an hour.
0: I don't know. I just...
1: I love this movie. Yeah. It might be my favorite movie of the year. I mean, Dunkirk is great, but this is...
0: Something special. This is
1: something special.
0: It, it really is. Um, I honestly thought there could be a chance that I would be one of the people who walked out.
1: When, what was your... I break,
0: don't know. I what what just, almost broke you? No, no, no. Not oh, just, go. just Just before, I'm like... What, what if I'm one of those people? What if it upsets me that hard? What if... And I'm not, I'm not easily upset. I get scared easily. But I, I'm not going to leave a movie. I don't know. I just... Something in my brain was like, what if you're that person? Like, what if you can't handle this for some reason? Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't find it that offensive.
1: Well, but imagine if like one it's a movie that like is demanding everything of you mentally. Right. And then two is a movie that uh so blatantly and uh grotesquely represents your faith. Right. If you know, you have no sense of humor about those things. I imagine. Yeah
0: I don't I mean to me you gotta know or the just, or, stuff about your or religion. you're just
1: or you're just like bored by the obviousness of it. Right. Which, you know, I get, but on a certain level, like, the movie understands it's obvious and you need to move past that. And the, I think the movie does a good job of moving past that.
0: Yeah.
1: Only movie I ever walked out of was You Don't Mess With Zohan because I saw that with my mom and she could not take repeated scenes of Adam Sandler seducing and having sex with old women uh, in the same theater with, as her two young children or two splice
0: of Adrian Brody splice we walked out of splice walked out of splice my friend I went with couldn't handle the like weird ness of it sex scene with the
1: splice baby sp-
0: splice girl scary, <laughs> splice up scary your life. Splice. <laughs> scary splice scary <laughs> splice um I think, I think we did it. I think we kind of talked about everything we needed to talk about with it. Um, anything else that feels necessary to discuss? Nope. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Nope. <laughs> really? I just wanna wrap it. I was just wanna wrap this up.
0: <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. You usually want to go more. I'm good. I'm okay. good now. Alright. Okay. Like- so that was Mother. Um what else do we like? say? All
1: of the usual closing stuff.
0: Yes, you can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Guy Doll Pod on Facebook at Guy
1: Doll. Giant just search Giant Doll Podcast and you'll find
0: our okay. Facebook page. Um, I'm at The Hannah Story on Instagram and Twitter.
1: I'm at jjperkins7661 on Twitter.
0: And forget Instagram, right? Because you don't
1: like I don't. Videos. I basically don't. Forget. Subscribe to our Patreon page. Oh, my pledge, gosh. Pledge to our Patreon page.
0: Caitlin, I just printed your Monty picture today. Because she gets a Monty autographed picture. Yeah,
1: she is a her first donor. Her
0: first and her favorite.
1: And so she'll be getting her award soon. Any amount we'd appreciate. Oh, my
0: gosh, please.
1: Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Search Guy and Doll Podcast. You can email us questions at guyanddollpodgmail.com or on SoundCloud at guyanddollpodcast. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you. Um, we really would like to make this a bigger part of our lives, but that only can happen with um, the funds and the resources because as much as we love to make this a big part of our lives, it just doesn't make sense with also working or going to school or whatever, um, we have going on, and this this is kind of a love of art, so we really enjoy doing this together. Look at me getting all sentimental. I like you, whatever.
1: I like you too, I guess. Whatever. See you next time.
0: Money says bye.
1: Bye. Not about to see you. Why end. weren't you watching the credits?
0: What? I never watched the credits. And Why not? Those people are hard on that movie. I know. We need to add this to it at the end or something. Do like a blooper <laughs> section. Because I feel like people would want to hear how I don't pay attention ever.
1: You want to out yourself as one of those people? I.
0: It's not that I don't want to. It's that I can't focus. It's a focus problem that I have.
1: Good thing we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Why this intense focus? Well, that's when I got a beer out.
0: <laughs> okay, you ready?
1: Whenever you are.